All right, everyone, welcome back. Today on the show, we have some of the guys from Onslaught to talk about their most recent movie, Fuel. If you haven't seen it yet, go check it out on New Schoolers or YouTube uh, so you know what we're talking about. Same intro stuff as always. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe and give us a rating. Follow us on Instagram to stay up to date with everything we're doing. And send us a DM if you want to see someone on the show. Let's get straight into it with Mason, Juice, and Graham. Hope you guys like it. What's up? We're trying something new. We got three guests with us. Um, you guys just want to go around the horn and introduce yourself so everyone knows whose name matches up to their voice? Yeah, for sure. I guess I'll go first. Uh, my name is Mason Kennedy uh, from Boise, Idaho, here with my brother and my good friend. Let them introduce themselves. What up, guys? My name's Juice or Justin Kennedy, Mason's brother. Uh, stoked to get into some stuff about fuel with you tonight. Hey, what's up? My name's Graham Gray. Pretty much just uh, the constant tag along. That's my title. We're coming in <laughs> on the iPhone. Looks like you're out in the wild right now. I'm not indoors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's start off with the uh, the Kennedy brothers. What's the background on you guys? Boise, Idaho. Um, who's the older brother? I am Mason. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so what's the background on you guys? Are there any other uh, any other brothers running around? Um, we do have a little stepbrother running around. Uh, he's two years younger than me, so we're all pretty evenly spaced out in age. Uh, his name's Leo. Shout out, buddy. Um, <laughs> Mason and I were actually both born in Cali. Uh, he was born in Sacramento, and I was born in Roseville. I lived there two weeks, partied it up, and then we uh, moved up to Idaho with the family and kind of grew up around Boise and went to middle school, high school here, and then kind of branched out since then. Back in Boise now, though, we got a spot here. You guys live together now? Yep. <laughs> Word. Any other roommates, or is it just you two? My girlfriend's living with us, too. <laughs> Word. And then, Mason, you're just there as the third wheel? Oh, yeah, big. I'm usually the fifth wheel, too. Graham's got a girl as well, so <laughs> yeah. I ride by my own time, you know? <laughs> and Graham, what's your background, dude? Uh, not a lot, I guess. Uh, just grew up a ski area brat. My parents worked at my home resort uh, out of Shaver Lake, um, kind of northeast of Fresno in the mountains. And uh, yeah, I grew up on the ski team there, did my thing for a while, traveled around and grew up competing in uh, Big Bear mainly. And then moved up to Tahoe when I was around 17, just before I turned 18. And I've been here ever since, met Mason in like 2016 and Mount Hood and kind of been hanging out with those guys ever since doing our thing. Word. So we don't have time to get into everybody's life story like I usually do and really get into the nitty gritty. So what's the background on Onslaught and how did the, how did the group come together? I mean, it's a humongous crew. I don't know how many of the people from the movie are usually with you guys all the time. But um, yeah, anyone want to kind of explain the origin story for them? Yeah, it pretty much just came about when we were in high school, uh, over 10 years ago now. Just a bunch of friends all wanted to 
ski and hang out and started putting out some videos, little edits and stuff, and actually started out as the old schoolers back in the day in 07. Uh, if anybody remembers that, kudos to you. You've been in the game a while. But uh, we changed it once I, so yeah, started old schoolers in high school. And then we all kind of went different ways for college. Uh, Juice moved to Utah, I moved to Mount Hood. And then we each did our own thing for a few years. Uh, and that's really when it changed to Onslaught. I was going to school for graphic design at the time. And uh, old schoolers was just getting a little bit old. We were just kind of poking at new schoolers when we were kids. So we wanted something a little bit more unique, but uh, we wanted to keep with the OS. So we changed it to Onslaught. So uh, we just like the meaning of that word for uh, a group of people all fighting for the same cause. So we figured that's pretty much what we are. We're, you know, just working together, fighting to have fun and keep doing what we loved. And so that's why we went with Onslaught and uh, just kind of grew from there. And thinking of uh, keeping with Onslaught for the future or not Onslaught, but OS, um, just to keep the legacy going. Uh, the, the OS really, it's not about the name we've learned. It's just about who we are. And a lot of people have kind of gotten caught up on the name. So we're just kind of simplifying moving forward and sticking with OS. So true to the roots and the future. That's the brief synopsis of all of it. More involved for sure, but. Yeah. So you're saying old schoolers was formed around 10 years ago. So that was like a 2011 ish, 2010 ish. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Yeah, so who were the influences at that time? Because that was still at the peak of, um, you know, like the big the big movie productions. That's the level one days, the step uh, the step productions. Like, were those the influences at the time? Oh, big time. Yeah, for sure. And so did you guys draw on that? Or were you just, uh, like, I mean, did you have the vision for something big like that? Or were you just stoked on skiing and you just wanted, you know, to squat up and, and ride around and make some edits together? I mean, ultimately, we knew that would be. It was the dream, but at the time we were just doing us and wanting to have fun. Good. Yeah, pretty much. I didn't say it was totally a combination of the two. Like that definitely sparked the inspiration. Like we knew we wanted to like someday be those skiers in the films and we weren't there yet to hop on with those crews. So we got our own cams and basically put our own crew together and created the opportunity to to shred and be able to show it to others. Yeah. And so who was, who was the camera guy at the time? Like, what was the, what was the crew dynamic? We usually do a pretty good job of trading off, <laughs> honestly. Um, that's kind of why it's called, we wanted the name crew because we didn't want anyone taking all the credit is because it really is a, a group effort with us. Yeah. We're, I mean, th that seems like it's becoming more and more common that, uh, that it's the riders just trading off the camera and there's not like a dedicated guy. I mean, I used to be the filmer, so I don't mind saying this, but there's not the get dedicated guy that sucks that's just filming everyone and then like shredding when he has the chance, you know? For sure. Yeah. yeah. I kind of want to, I want to toss Mace a little bit of cred there for, for being like one of the best filmers and like at least the most tech savvy and like with his graphic design degree and like just like cranking out edits the most. Like he's the most Yeah, that's the big one too is all the editing. All the editing comes from Mason. Yeah. Just been jumping in. Here and there more recently yeah doing some of his own cuts and stuff which is cool definitely the early days i really liked photography in high school that kind of got me into it and then took some video classes as well and sort of knew what i was doing and we all wanted to do it and i knew how and had a computer and a camera so i like putting my friends on and 
having fun. Yeah. And so that, that transition out of high school, so you got the crew going on in high school and then, um, everyone goes off to college as they do. So what were those years like where, um, was it a lull? Was it a downtime? Were you guys linking up over uh, winter breaks? Like what were those couple of years like? I wouldn't call it a lull. I would say, I don't know, it was a pretty bright time in each of our lives separately. And we definitely did still link up. Um, I, when I moved to Mount Hood, I, I started working part crew out there. So I met a bunch of homies that way. And then eventually a couple of years down the road, I started coaching at Wendell's in the summer a little bit. I did that for a couple summers and then uh, ended up being their full-time academy coach for a season. So that was a super fun part of life. And then uh, Juice, that was about the time Juice graduated high school. So then I moved down to Park City with him and then he started a legacy down there too. Yeah, let's hear about that a little bit, Juice. Um, yeah, Utah kind of feels like my second home. Uh, I moved there when I was 18 straight out of high school. I was just living there in the winter months only. I found this crazy apartment in Park City that was like a low income resort worker apartment complex. So you can get an eight month lease out in PC. So I ran that for for four seasons. I went to school at Salt Lake Community College and pretty much lined myself up to just be doing all online class in the spring term. So I was able to ski a shit ton. I worked a bunch of jobs on the side too. I was like coaching, working at the Volcom store and the outlet mall there in PC. So I was able to ski a bunch, get my degree and not have any school debt, which was pretty tight. Um, but yeah, Utah is, is a crazy place for skiing. Like so many homies and opportunities there. And being part of the coaching program was, was kind of cool. It was like, I grew up competing and then when I was 18 moved out to Utah, that was like pretty much my transition from, from competing into more like film-based street skier. So when I was coaching, I still like gave me an opportunity to use like the water ramps and like just be on skis a bunch and even like get tips from, from other coaches, even though I was a coach. So it was a good way to like continue the progression, but, but kind of start to branch out and, and have more time to, to focus on filming and, and hang out with the homies too. Word. And yeah. so Graham, were you, uh, were you involved with this from the start or wh where do you come into the mix? About 2016, if I remember correctly, like kind of right when it just made its transition from old schoolers to onslaught. It's like right when I started being involved just with, you know, more so the filming side of things, not at all editing. I can't stress enough how much that's all those two boys. Um, but yeah, for a good amount of time, Mason and I were both living up in Mount Hood for a summer. Um, met Juice briefly that summer as well. He came out for a trip and yeah, kind of just been linking up as much as we can every season since. Graham really helped a lot of the momentum once Graham came into the picture for sure. We had uh, some good friends starting out. I'll shout out uh, my, my good buddy, Kobe is who I moved to Oregon with. He's still a, a business partner of OS and he has like all of our machines and we make a lot of our, our merch through him or he does, I should say. But uh, yeah, once Graham came on board, you know, things really started working a lot smoother. Uh, a buddy Kobe tore his knee, so did I. And he kind of went a little lighter on the skiing after that. But uh, 
yeah, it's getting that essential third in there. So it wasn't just Juice and I, you know, we really want to share it with more people and not have it just be all about us. And there's, there's some other good homies too that started coming in. Uh, Trevor Hadabaugh was one of the first really good homies. Um, Jack Fike later came into the picture through Graham, who he coached as well. And good buddies, Nate Dog over in Oregon as well. Uh, skied with Tof quite a bit, Tofa Loaf. Uh, when I, we were on park crew together, and that was cool. Um, but yeah, that's just to name a few. There's definitely a lot more that have come in the picture since then, but we can probably get into more of that later. This is yeah. just the beginning. Yeah. So what? What's the? Uh, let's hear about those. Or the ramping up as onslaught. Like, what was? What was that like? What were the discussions like at the time? What were you? What were you thinking? Because I mean, it seems like you had the vision to be a, to be a solid film crew from the start. So what made you take that like that next step forward and actually bring it? You know, past the college years. Honestly, we made our first movie by accident. I would say <laughs> is when, uh, yeah. yeah, we just had so much footage. Um, just kind of, and also, yeah, we always did a little bit of street on the side. Like even since we were kids, we would just, you know, build features around town when we couldn't get up to the mountain or whatever. Um, but it was the year I was coaching Wendell's traveling around with them. And so I got the opportunity to stop, you know, in Tahoe with Graham when I was down there, stopped in Utah with Juice. And so we all had, you know, a handful of street shots and we we're like, well, maybe we should just hang on to these and put them together. And wasn't anything super crazy, but we were proud to put something together. And that's pretty much when it, we were like, Hey, maybe we should keep doing this. You know, we, we didn't really want to go and film. Uh, I think it was the year after that I did the spy tour. Uh, Ahmet and Casabon, uh, Brady Perrin, uh, Project Pat too. But uh, uh, Steve Steph was there. But that year, I remember it was pretty pivotal for me being around people like that and like, oh shoot, like okay, here I am, you know. And but like getting to go and see my homies is really what I wanted to do. I wanted to ski with my homies like not that those guys weren't cool because I would have loved that also but I just uh really love the people around me and wanted to keep it for the homies and really make it about the core of the industry and not just pro hoeing you know yeah yeah so are you so what do you guys see yourself as you like a, are you an urban crew or are you like uh all around I know that I'm the movie was mostly all about urban skiing but uh what do you guys usually do like if it's just you shredding, are you always filming or are you guys just like film when you want, chill when you want? How does that dynamic work for, for everybody? So we try to keep it pretty balanced, honestly. So our last movie was very street heavy, which uh, was kind of disappointing for most of us. But uh, yeah, we've, we definitely try to diversify as much as possible. You guys want to add to that? Juice, let's hear, uh, let's hear your side of things. Like, I mean, how do you see the crew? I kind of, I sympathize with you because I, uh, I definitely uh, remember having some of the little brothers around. I, like, I have two sisters, but my buddies have younger brothers. And it's like, you know, I know what it's like for you guys tagging along with the older kids. So how do you see things? Yeah, um, definitely on point with that, especially in my younger days. Like, I was, I was the young gun with, they're kind of like Mason, his homies. And like, when I was when he talks about being in high school and OS starting, I was still in middle school and like, mm -hmm. it was all his high school homies and like, like people weren't shredding in middle school yet. Or I just didn't meet those people. So for like our crew to be older guys, it was definitely 
like motivating and I was trying to catch up to the to the big dogs on the crew and all that so that definitely fueled my fire when I was young but it's like as we're starting to get older I'm 25 he's 28 like a lot of his homies are fading out and like I've kind of supplemented like met new people that are closer to my age and even younger that were like mm-hmm. hanging out with them that are part of it now so it's kind of funny how the tables turn as, as times change and people grow up but yeah super thankful for the way that it's all worked out that's sick or yeah, i wouldn't call either of these guys tagalongs at all i'd call them push behinds because they were freaking <laughs> eating at the heels the whole time is all i could do to just stay in front of these guys <laughs> yeah and so graham what'd you think of what'd you think of these two uh when you first came across uh mason here uh he actually liked to ski and he actually was like down to go do stuff i don't know that's that's the biggest one i mean being like reliable is huge in my book it's like doing what you're gonna say saying what you're gonna do being a communicator and having follow-through is huge especially if you're like actually trying to go film anything because it's so much effort exerted in the first place it just sucks if you're going to try to do it with people who are just like kind of there to like crush some cans and slurp down some joints it's like it's a good time but it's not really how anything gets accomplished so the work ethic was definitely appealing initially and that was the first impression and luckily I was right on that one yeah to continue on that point Graham like did you have uh was a crew something you were looking for or is it kind of just something that naturally that you naturally blended into and you're like yeah this is exactly what I want to do and and Mason's somebody that's reliable I mean yeah for me like I I've I feel fortunate to say that I've kind of had crews my whole life I guess if you want to call it that like I I grew up like just hitting little you know rinky dinks you know call it street spots in my hometown of shaver lake but that like doesn't even really count but it's still a good time and that's kind of what like got me into it and showed me that i could actually do it and then when i came up here i definitely like i noticed a lot of motivation issues when i moved to tahoe and that was pretty tricky everyone talked a big game like in the summer and in the fall and then once there was actually snow on the ground and it came to like hurling your carcass onto some concrete the motivation dwindled with a lot of people um so and i know it's not as simple as that but and it's not always like necessary like chucking your meat onto cart or onto concrete but at the same time like having people to like even be motivated to run a spot even if it doesn't speak to them personally like the amount of times that like both of those guys have either waited for me to get a shot or helped me build a spot or just been super patient somewhere that they like weren't vibing with at all. That stands out and is huge, especially when you are trying to make any sort of video project because the more spots are more spots. And especially if you can like diversify and even if one person gets a shot, that's almost even better that way and just move on and keep plucking them away but really the determination is the biggest one everyone wants to talk about it just not a lot of people want to be about it do you think that's with uh like you think people that are afraid or you think that people it's just not nearly as much fun as what people make it look like i mean and and don't get me wrong like that's the whole point of making like any sort of video project is to like highlight and 
kind of put some glamour on like you know the most the most notable parts of whatever your project is and that's the whole point of making the video project but that's kind of like you know the whole expectation versus reality sometimes like a really glamorous video project kind of builds up a false expectation of what it's actually like and you get out there and it starts raining on you and you barely have enough snow and then you smack all your limbs and extremities on asphalt and concrete and then you tear up your nice clothes and you're bleeding on them and it's all of a sudden it's like not nearly as sick as it looks like in the in the video you know yeah no i i definitely uh, i can definitely see why people uh are talking a huge game and then when it push comes to shove they're like dude there's chairlifts and like perfectly manicured rails and like I mean, are you guys getting like, are you guys making money off these projects at all? Like, where's the motivation coming from to, uh, to like go through all the shit that Graham was just describing? Up to this point, no dollars tossed our way uh, for, for any of our past projects. We're the love, you know, but like, that's, that's like part of the way that we've created a lot of these brand partnerships that we're all running now is like being part of the movie and, and showing that we're, we're so passionate about it that we're down to to create a passion project is kind of like how we got in with a lot of our i think like every one of our ski sponsors and like all of our main sponsors we're working with now is like kind of got in the door with them through through doing this thing and i think frankly park skiing just kind of got boring too like lift lines and all that like it's cool that like anyone can do a cork sav on a park jump you know like and yeah, a lot of people can do way more than that, way better than all of us. Like none of us are trying to be the best gear in the world here, but what we do like is being unique and different and showing a different aspect of the sport and the fact that it really does go deeper than just flipping and spinning like a crazy person, you know, and trying to have some style and really just personalize it, you know, just do whatever you're feeling that day like even pal stuff too you know building backcountry jumps or just way more expressive i feel like it's a huge outlet for me mm -hmm. and i just really allows me to get more creative with it and so much more rewarding at the end of the day too you know you go through a street battle build the whole spot everything you sleep so much better at night than doing what everyone else did at the resort that day yeah so i mean while we're on the point of like passion versus money and everything so how are you guys getting support from uh, your sponsors? Because you definitely had a few sponsors for the for the most recent movie. Like, what, what, what are those talks like with them? And what are they giving you in return for, you know, slapping a logo on, wearing some of their gear? Uh, it's different with every sponsor, honestly. Kind of different things worked out. Uh, some of them have been there a lot longer than others. So definitely takes time to build good relationships. And, you know, yeah, it varies, but... Bottom line, we support people who support us. So there's a reason for it. And we're definitely getting to a point where we're having to create some levels of support because, you know, it's, it's different for everybody. But we're just happy that people are backing us and we do everything we can to support back whoever helps us out, you know? Yeah. And so for this project, what um, I know you said that you act, you know, you kind of ended up ass backwards into your first project where you just like threw clips together. How premeditated was this one? Was there a plan, you know, from the beginning of the season, like, yo, we're going to stack clips this whole season and then next fall we're doing a premiere. Like, is that how it went or was it something different? I'd say so. Yeah. This is our, our sixth movie now. So yeah, after that first one, we 
I don't know, try to keep fun as a pretty big focus to our season as well. Like, of course, we all like being productive and getting shit done as well. But it's easy to, you can't just like hammer yourselves too much. You know, you got to like enjoy skiing for what it is also. And I think that's what comes out the best is when it is the most natural and people are having legitimate fun while they're doing it too. Because, but there definitely is some, some dedication. Like I drove all the way down to Tahoe this season just to get Graham apart, you know, and like wouldn't have done that if we weren't all working for the same reason, you know, or even like when one of us goes down, like we've all had seasons that we've had to take off, but we're all still there building and building for each other. You know, we have a pretty common goal to just ski. And that's basically why we do all of it is all this hard effort, all the hours, all the posts is just so that we can keep skiing because <laughs> we couldn't afford to ski if we weren't supported, you know? And so that's, I think, a big motivation factor, at least for me, because I want to keep doing it. And it's the only way I know how to afford to keep doing it. Yeah. And so at the beginning of the season, do you guys set up a, a list of locations you want to hit, people you want to involve? Like, how, how's that working out for this project? Yeah, there's definitely, you know, along our travels and especially like the premiere tour, before we in in the fall before we line up the upcoming project there's like a lot of that's kind of when like most people get interested or, or voice their their interest in in trying to like create a part or, or get more clips than they had last season or or whatever so there's definitely a lot of a lot of people coming in and out of play and like trying to see who we can link up with what's feasible and all um as far as locations, there's definitely been some some dream street destinations that we have on our list. Um, it's been tough to like go on a big trip like that because like the last three years, like one of us has all been like out for the season, like blown knees left and right. And yeah, I feel like that, that's definitely made it tough. Yeah, and COVID shutting us down on some travel options, so. Yeah, it's been pretty loose we just try to yeah travel around and go meet all the homies whenever we can really like we have dreams of places we'd like to go but haven't had enough funding to where we can all actually like we all work all winter and like just fit in skiing when we can you know like we've been lucky enough to save up a little bit and take some decent sized trips but we're really trying to get to the point where we can get the whole crew together out you know it's the dream and hopefully we're getting close <laughs> yeah and so Graham, where are you at in these early season conversations are you just saying yo i hope uh i hope you guys come in and visit me or, or what, what's your where's your head at before one of these projects? i know i'm just still i'm still just kind of grinding on summer work just kind of working little excavation jobs doing dirt work working construction things like that um trying to do my best save up for winter i just had a some real life adulting expenses come at me over the summer. I had initial plans to buy a snowmobile and that got uh, derailed by, like I said, more adult priorities. So kind of just recovering from that and trying to stack up a travel budget at this point. Um, just kind of doing what I can. Like Mason said, we all, we all work. So 
we kind of skiing's a side gig even though it's like what we love and obviously we do it because we like it i mean to go back on your question even it's like a big reason why i bother hitting street spots is like for really no real reason at all other than me being a total ski nerd and watching street segments as a little kid and always wanting to do that and me wanting to stoke out my 12 year old ego one day by making a street segment that i'm genuinely proud of and that's really my only incentive and it's probably like underthought and a little irrational but it's good enough for me word so let's get into it so you guys you're like all right we're making it we're making a sixth movie i guess a, a just a general overview like what was the how did the season go what were like the big the broad strokes of uh the filming process for this whole thing because you guys got a lot of sick like super unique spots and honestly I, don't, I can't even tell where like i don't know the context for like where half of them are just give us the overview of the whole season well, we can't tell you where the spot is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so next question. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, pretty much this year, uh, we started out, Graham actually did make a trip happen. I think it was in either December or November. It was really early season. But yeah, just based on snow, like usually preseason starts off in Colorado, but we were kind of bored of that. And so we just wanted to get right to it last year. And we started out in Oregon of all places. They got snow first and we were able to each take a week or two off. And then Graham and I went out there and I think we got like, what, like four spots done that first trip of the year? I think it was three sp or four spots, but only three of them were usable, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty bare bones trip. We were definitely like, we both got there and we're like, okay, let's make this happen. And we did. Yeah. And at this point in your guys, uh, like ski, ski career, basically you call it when you're showing up to a spot, are you, uh, are you like a well-oiled machine at this point? Like you're scoping it out you and you show up and you basically know if it's going to work or if it's not, or is it, you show up and there's still a bit of an unknown element where you're like, uh, I don't really know what we're doing here or, or what's it like now when you're showing up to stuff. You can take that one, Graham. I would say that's fully situational. I mean, some yeah. spots that are like straightforward enough, you know, like sliding a rail is sliding a rail, regardless of how hard the rail is to slide. But it's like, if you're trying to like do something really unique and different on a weird surface per se, like I've personally done things that just like, oh yeah, it's going to be sick and go to try it and try it like three or four times and then tell myself, no, I'm an idiot. This is not going to work at all. I'm gonna get played and I don't know I'd say it's situational like right as you get cocky you try to do something really weird and out, outside the bubble and you get backhanded by life real quick that happened to me in Minnesota this last winter I was like oh I'm gonna hop over this rail and firecracker these cobblestones and was just like an undercalculated decision and then that was the running joke the rest of the trick like oh graham you want to go firecracker that oh graham look at that you should go firecracker that so probably <laughs> never gonna live that one down <laughs> so i mean so after oregon where where did you guys end up going after that i think we came home for christmas new year's whatnot put on our, our new year's in town big air event and then after that i think is when i came back down to tahoe pretty sure and then after that came home for another little bit and then juice and i did some stuff around idaho that we could because money was tight and 
couldn't get out, but we still want to make some stuff happen. So I think we've hit and got some Idaho homies involved that way as well. Hit probably another, got like another five spots in Tahoe. And then another, probably another five in Idaho. And then we went up to Montana a little later in the season. And probably another five or 10, not even 10, probably I'd say five up there. And then, yeah, just a few more in the spring back over in Oregon. And that was pretty much our year this year. Word. And so yeah. I actually did want to, I'll take a quick detour. So what's up with this, uh, this rail gym that you guys put on? Cause I was, I was doing a little research and I couldn't quite tell if it was like, if you guys were the host or, or what was going on with it. So do you want to like dive into that a little bit? Cause it, it looks super sick. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So it's called the Idaho potato drop. It's a, it's a new year's Eve, big live show get together in Boise, Idaho. And they literally put this massive, huge ass potato it's probably like 40 feet wide and like eight foot diameter and they put it up on this crane and they spotlight it and that thing sits up there all night and then at midnight they do this countdown and they drop the potato and like Boise goes nuts over it there's so many people out there just checking out vendors and and all that and I mean I guess it's like it's aired on tv in 40 different states so like this event alone is just massive for some reason, the, the Idaho potato drop. Um, they were doing a rail jam. I think they did a USASA rail jam like four years ago. And that kind of got our interest. Like we went and went and supported it, checked it out. And we ended up talking with the organizers of the event. And yeah, we won it when we were younger. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they kind of wanted to, to pass it over us. We, we told them that we had a winch and that we could make a jump. And they just like freaked out on that idea a while. And they're like, you guys can like catch some air in front of these people and get them hyped up, but no way. So our first year ever doing it, we ended up, we had, they did their own rail jam. And then we built a side lip that was like the super sketchy hip. And the landing was the drop in for the rail jam. And we brought our winch and we were just ripping people into it. So it's kind of where it started we did like an urban big air winch gap contest and like there was some prize money involved and people were hyped so it's gotten bigger and bigger each year we've done it three years now but uh yeah the jump just keeps getting a little more and more large and uh i don't know it was super sketchy set up the first year like we had a we parked a trailer stacked full of hay and put some snow on that for the landing. It was just like a complete death gap setup. But uh, yeah, we switched up venues this last year and we brought in a, a big ass storage container. So we had a little bit of a deck, a little bit of safety for the landing. But yeah, basically it's just a super unique opportunity to be able to like bring a winch out in front of people that has no idea what it is and like just do our thing that we do all the time as if it was like a urban winch gap basically yeah. just putting on a show for the hometown yeah it's kind of our way of getting skiing to the world you know it's pretty cool we've seen a bunch of kids show up and be like just eyes so big like oh my god this is this is so cool and then like a couple of years down the road you know they'll show up at the premiere and then they'll start competing and it's cool to just watch like there's been a few kids i'll shout out quade young quade if he listens to this uh 
they inspire us too, you know, and that's why we do it. It's because it's so cool to just share skiing with people like that. And that's really what we love. Yeah. And dude, I think that's like the, the winch is like one of the standout parts of, of your guys' movie because you guys are hitting some like super gnarly urban jumps. So when did the the winch get into the mix for all you guys? Um, We got a winch four years ago. Yeah. So it was our, it was our third movie. What is my math right there? Yeah. Yeah, our third movie that we filmed, we got the winch. And that was like a huge game changer. I think even our first season with Graham, we didn't even have the winch yet. No, we, I think I did two seasons without it. Yeah, yeah. but it is a game changer for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Makes way more visions uh, a possibility, legitimate possibility. So much easier to hurt yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude, and that was one of the things I'm gonna. I was gonna ask. I mean, Graham, you could take this one first. Like, what what was it like getting used to hitting shit with a winch? Because you're going so much faster, so much bigger. And I mean, in your part, you you destroy yourself off a, off a winch hit. So what was it like getting used to using the winch? I mean, that wasn't really getting used to it this year. A lot of those were like miscalculation and me being low key an idiot. But I mean, for me, it, it wasn't, it wasn't that weird. I think the biggest thing that I have to adapt to is just usually running without poles. Cause we can't keep a handle on the winch. It just breaks off. And unless you have a really diligent brake operator, winch operator, that's really good about hitting the brake, but you kind of got to run with what you got on winch operators sometimes. So you lose a handle or two. So we don't use a handle. And like the biggest thing I have to get used to is just not running with poles. Cause I prefer skiing with poles, but other than that, it's, I'd say it's just less of a stress cause I've had way worse instances going too slow, coming up short like not going fast enough so like the winch is more so a solution than it is a problem and yeah and mason juice you guys feel the same way it's like just game changer yeah it opens up so many opportunities um yeah definitely definitely a game changer (laughs) yeah i mean so we can start getting to some of these spots because they were super unique so i mean i graham this first one with the uh with your closing seg going over the, what is this? Like the uh, restroom at like a public land area. What, what was the setup for this shot? And like, what was going on at the spot? Uh, I mean, not a lot. We kind of just, Mason just sent me the picture and showed that there was like natural transition on the other side. And I knew exactly what trick I wanted to try on it and kind of just rolled up and did it. That one was super easy, super low maintenance. And it was, we were just surrounded by a bunch of sled neckers, so everyone was stoked, and no yeah, one gave us a hard time, and it was super mellow. It was pretty funny, actually. We were building. It was just me and Graham. We built that whole thing by ourselves. It took us a whole day, like from nine to five, shoveling, and there was just sledders going around us, just mocking us, like, "Oh, what? Are you, what? Yeah, right." Like, you know. Come the end of the day, they all the sledders went out for their ride and came back around sunset. And we had a jump built in the winch run, and they're like, "Oh shit!" Like, we had a big old crowd. Is that was a pretty fun spot, honestly. And a couple more homies came out to film and help Zach and Nate once they got off work. Shout out to them. But yeah, Graham, Graham killed it. Graham was the guinea. Graham made me feel better about hitting it after he did. <laughs> after he that was down. debatable if I made you feel better. 
after you stomped. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so how does it usually go down with picking the spots? Mason, are you like the the guy with all the uh, the library full of pictures, or, or is it everyone kind of has an equal say and can anyone can shout it out? Yeah, I think I feel like almost everybody usually has more ideas than me, honestly. I just feel like more of a facilitator sometimes. But I definitely, yeah, I mean, all spots are different. And it depends what area we're in. Like, we're in Tahoe. Graham's got it all on lock. Mm-hmm. Up here, we do, you know. Juice knows a lot of Park City stuff. But, yeah, yeah we've been wanting to branch out to more places where we actually have to do more research, you know. That's what we're hoping for. Yeah. I mean, you listen to, like, any Will Wesson interview, and he talks about literally having a hard drive with like a folder for every city and it's like the rail the coordinates like i don't know he's probably a psycho he probably has like the trick that he wants to do there anyways like yeah. are you guys we, taking notes throughout the year of of hey i want to hit this spot and do this trick like is that what's going on definitely we definitely have lists for sure i don't know as much as will or tom or any of those guys they they have more skin in the game than us for sure but we're getting there you know we're, we're building our lists and checking them off yeah yeah i don't mean to uh the, to harp too much on uh, graham's part but this rail at the end i mean i gotta hear the backstory on that because that was just like it doesn't even look like a real it, it's just it's just surreal you know barely any snow such a long rail so what's the backstory behind that one uh that was a new rail that got thrown in around here and uh and i had my eye on it when they were building it and at first I didn't even realize there was like the top half of that rail. At first I thought they were just making a C to, to donkey dick rail. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. That'll be fun. And then I actually saw a picture of it because another buddy of mine sent it to me and there he's like, also, did you see this? And then last season, or I guess it'd be 2019, 2020 season. Uh, Keegan Haas Rose, he's a buddy of mine, snowboarder, um, and he laced a 50-50 down that, and then pretty much once I saw that clip, it was like, oh, game on, um, and no, it's, yeah, it. I just saw it and wanted it, that's pretty much all there was to it, and then when we did it, we were like very much running out of snow, it took so long to shovel the drop in and the landing because of how far we were like carrying snow from we were carrying snow at least like 30 to 50 feet at times just getting it stockpiled where we needed and then it eventually got to a point where i was just like i just didn't care anymore and i just started hitting it mainly because i didn't want to run out of daylight because i knew it was going to take me a really long time to make it and then what and then so how long did it take to get that uh I, I want to say it probably took me around an hour to to get it once. And then I was going to get it again. And then in between the first make and then the second, I was one of the ladies that lived there came out and she was really unhappy about that. Um, and then the cops showed up and the cops were great. Cops were super cool, but the people that lived there were not. So the overall session probably only lasted about two hours, but for my well-being, it's probably good that we got kicked out. 
Yeah. And were you happy with the final product or did you wish you had a little bit more time with it? Oh, I wanted more time with it, but that's also because I'm greedy. <laughs> Graham's never satisfied. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty greedy. <laughs> and ju- I mean, just from an editing perspective, did you guys know that would be the closer when, uh, like when you got the shot? I mean, it's just such, it's such a gnarly rail. Or were there any other contenders for uh, how you guys are going to wrap things up? I wasn't, I wasn't there for this, unfortunately. And I got Snapchats, like the Snapchat of them going through a footy review that night. And like, I knew that was going to be hard <laughs> to top for the ender. And I, w- I wasn't even skiing last season. And I, like, I don't even know how much say I had that it was the ender, but like, I knew that was going to be it. <laughs> yeah, there were other contenders, but that pretty much sealed the deal. And the fact that Graham was the only one that got it too, really, because I had some cracks at it as well. I ate some shit on that thing for sure. But uh, it was the day after we did that huge fence gap and I was so sore. And uh, I knew Graham had it and figured it'd be worth more if it was just him to get it. So it was also raining and yeah, big props to Graham on that one. It was well worth the ender for sure. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought it up because that fence gap was another one of the standout spots. I mean, it was in both your guys' segments. So uh, could you give us a little background on that one? I mean, that's a huge uh, – That I mean, this, this is exactly what I was talking about. This is where the winch is essential because you're not hitting the spot on natural speed ever, you know? Yeah. That was actually another one of my bastard brain babies. <laughs> and yep. uh, totally. I've been staring at that spot for – a couple years and it's actually right next to a spot that we hit in a previous previous video project from like the year prior and uh the year prior i was talking about it and everyone was talking to me like i was crazy because it's flat but it is a big enough gap and you had to go so fast that you just had enough forward momentum to make it work and it worked it was definitely very decent amount of impact but it it definitely worked i was stoked that was one of those scenarios where it actually does work out yeah it was pretty funny we had a new winch driver at the time it was an idaho me that was, happened to be in tahoe sam blanco shout out but uh he had never ran the winch and we were just told this dude just hold it wide open and he was like oh my god i'm gonna kill my friend just slinging him up this thing but it worked out he only just met me that weekend so it was okay yeah (laughs) is that a spot that you i mean it looks like you guys are pretty out in the open did you just have as much time as you wanted there or did you eventually get booted no that one was that one that one was open season luckily i don't know why i i really thought someone was going to be really upset about that but people walking their dogs and everything were pretty cool probably just because we didn't cover up the actual sidewalk we just jumped over the sidewalks and no one cared yeah, as far as spots go, that didn't, that was not very destructive to property. So I feel like people would be pretty mellow and more entertained if they came across it than pissed. And that was one of the, that was one of the spots where you guys actually had a drone in the mix. So um, I don't know, did you guys ever bring that out for some of your previous movies or was that something new to fuel? We've like, we've had some home, like run into a homie that has a drone and they'll put it in the air and like the clip gets in the movie. But this year, like, we became homies with with Chet, and he's a super dank pilot. So it's like the first legit drum clips we've had, I guess. 
Yeah, it's actually yeah, kind of <laughs> cool story. Chet just like hit us up on the gram this year. He was like, yo, I fly, like trying to get more into it. Like, let me know if you guys want to link. And then we were, Graham and I are in Oregon this, this year, preseason, hitting stuff. And we saw that we were there and literally, or maybe he was just at Hood that day. I don't know, but it was a complete blizzard. And you just he found us in a whiteout, dude. He yeah. found us oh, in a whiteout. It was epic. Uh-huh. But yeah, shouts, shouts to Chet. He's a homie. He's a super good pilot. And yeah, that's where the drone shots came from. We're definitely going to have him along for more trips for sure in the future. Word. Look out for more drone shots. <laughs> Street drone. Dude, and so like another another aspect of the movie that I thought was pretty unique was uh, there was like a girl segment right in the middle of it. And I feel like you don't see that too much, like a, a, a guys and girls movie. So what was the what was the decision making with that? Were you just, you know, there was enough girls, there was enough clips of girls that you guys were like, yeah, let's do it. Let's, uh, let's do like, you know, like, an, I think it was like two minutes maybe. But uh, I mean, that's a pretty beefy portion of a, of a 20 minute movie. Yeah, dude, I gotta say, thanks for uh, your attention to detail. You, you really know your stuff which is cool (laughs) um but that is a uh it's actually kind of a hot topic we've kind of gotten some criticism for our uh female writers in the past or just kind of like other homies in general um i don't know it kind of goes back to the whole just like doing it for the love thing and wanting to support our homies like the people we actually ride with because they like those girls helped us build so many spots too like yeah and point cams runs run winches for us like, yeah those girls are in the mix sure. all season long and like the least we could do is just put some of their clips in, yeah. in the film like they're hungry they want to ski you know like i kind of you know yeah like i said it's kind of touchy because some people give us criticism for that because they're not like super crazy hammers or anything but pretty much yeah thinking behind it is just like yeah they helped out they're part of it and we're gonna put them in so and I think girl skiing should be more, you know, shouldn't be so frowned upon. Like, if you're so worried about how good a girl is, you should probably worry about how good you are. Like, <laughs> that's going to bother you, honestly. Like, you know, but we, you know, definitely do are trying to keep the, the quality over the quantity up. Like, there's definitely a lot of stuff. Like, all those girls had other shots, too, that we didn't put in. Just like we all had. A lot of shots I didn't put in this year too, but yeah, thanks for that. I'm glad you liked it. I'm sorry, not sorry if anyone out there didn't, but there. Yeah. You know. I mean, what, what's the thinking with uh, with putting snowboarding in it too? I mean, you're definitely going for the dual. You're definitely opening yourself up to double criticism, like throwing in a girl segment, and one of them happens to be a snowboarder too. You know, like what what you're thinking with that? Sure. I, I don't know, kind of goes along with it. Like we've. We've had a lot of snowboarders, not a lot, but there's always the token. And I actually noticed in quite a few other videos this year that they, they had their token snowboarders, you know. And uh, I think it just goes back to the realness, you know. They're there. We're doing pretty much the same thing, anyways. And why not? You know, we're definitely trying to uh, work on the quality over quantity on that as well, you know. But if it's a banger clip, I don't know, banger clip, and that's why they're in there. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter what you're sliding on, like the, the passion, the drive, like the concept is all the same. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of 
kind of weird that it is like two separate worlds. Yeah. And so who's making the decisions for the editing? I mean, Graham definitely gave, uh, gave you guys a lot of props for the editing. What's it like, um, kind of being the steward for everybody's clips for the whole season and really getting that decision, like, Hey, this is making it or Hey, this is getting chopped. Do you feel a lot of pressure? Or are you like talking to everybody or, or are you just like head down? Like I'm going to make the decision. No, I definitely like input. Like I like as much input as I can get. I try to not make as many decisions as I can and just ask everyone. Like we spent so many hours on zoom with Graham, like going over his edit before it comes out and stuff. And same thing. And Jess, you know, Graham's girls who had the shots, um, same thing. We make her a, a part or a side edit too, at least, you know, and just to include anyone, but yeah, I try to make all the decisions community, you know, and try to please everybody, but that can't always be done, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And Graham, how did you feel about how your, uh, how your segment turned out in terms of like your expectations from yourself in terms of performance and like Mason's job with uh, chopping everything up? I was pleased. I mean, I'm never like fully satisfied with my skiing. There's always like more spots that I want to hit and like things I want to have and more like variety. I think like that's the biggest thing with me is like, I don't feel like I've really produced a segment yet that has a whole lot of like variety, at least the variety that I want. And that's kind of where like I fall short on my expectation. But again, that's like, that's on me. That's up to me to like, make sure I get to where I need to go, can afford where I need to get to and all those other logistics to actually make it happen. But no, I really can't complain on the edit. I think he always he always does everything he can to to put lipstick on the pig and make me look good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds like you have a lot of high expectations for yourself. Do you look back on segments and feel like good about it? Or are you watching it like could have done this better, could have done this better, could have done this better? Like how how do you kind of look back on your skiing? I'm definitely the pessimist critic, I would say, but I, I'm okay with that at the same time. That's like the same thing I like about it. So it doesn't like bother me or drive me crazy. It's just, that's also why skiing doesn't get old to me. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there's any clips that you like, you, you nailed it and you, you couldn't have done it any better? Uh, no. <laughs> I, oh. think I, I think it can always be done better not even the sav over the fence you did that first try calf and blunt <laughs> yeah i could have i could have i could have yoinked it harder i could have stretched it out you know right. and yeah. it's true though you really literally can. literally I was, anything I was could lacking be extension if if you really if you must know that's why i don't like the side angle of the seven i'm, I'm missing the extension you are i agree i totally agree everything See? can always be better yeah not gonna argue that yeah yeah i mean and, and mason is that the same with your skiing or are you just like i mean you got such a you got such an interesting perspective on it because you're you're chopping it up and you're the one skiing so how are you uh how are you looking at your own performance i i give myself a little slack this year because i i'm fresh off knee surgery last year yeah so you know you as far as my personal skiing goes like i know it wasn't as like I've had better parts in the past I feel like so I just kind of knew that about this was just a comeback season for me 
but that considered I was pretty stoked that I even put a part together this year to be honestly like my I was just kind of wanting to at least put a movie together but the fact that I made a part and then made Super Unknown this year was insane um but even our movie in in the whole though like I was honestly a little disappointed this year the fact that you know I just always have so many higher hopes and bigger trips and more spots and more homies in it and and the filming too like we don't have a red camera dude like we don't have a film crew we don't have a photographer like I I always wish it could be better you know yeah but all things considered I'm just happy to put something out and that we're able to keep doing what we love but yeah I it'll get better it's getting better for sure we got well, something to strive for. That's kind of why I like it. Like I, I personally feel like that's kind of the charm. You know, it doesn't seem like a super professional movie. Like you said, there's not. It's not the highest quality camera, and like some of the, and some of the tricks are like not like the most banger tricks ever. But I like it because it seems like it's just a group of people that all love skiing, and then you get those sneaky shots in there where you're like, that was huge. Like that was actually like insane. Like I don't know. It's just it's like a. It feels like a, I don't even know, I don't even know how to describe it. it. It feels like, you know, like a, a bunch of, a bunch of homies just coming together and making a movie. Like literally it does not feel like a huge professional production. Um, do you guys want to be like a huge professional operation or do you kind of like where, uh, where you're currently at? I think, I think I kind of want to hit like halfway to huge, big production. Like I want I don't know. I think my biggest goal, like kind of our shared goal, correct me if I'm wrong, but is just to be able to, to keep doing this with more financial support, which is going to, you know, up the production value and like location and spots are going to get better with that. But we just want to keep doing what we're doing and in, in a, in a feasible manner, you know, like we we're starting to get older, like we want to have, have houses and, we're starting to think down the road and stuff like it's tough to work all summer save up and go spend all your money and then you just start back at zero in the spring and like, yeah it's such it's, a it's not gonna last forever but we want to do this forever so if we can just like refine our not even refine but just continue building all of our partnerships that we have and, and just like get to that point where we have funding and, and more support yeah. just want to make it sustainable because at this word. point we're just running ourselves into the ground every season like i just want to be able to like go out to eat maybe like while we're on a trip or like <laughs> have something besides ramen and pb and j would be nice and then i'd be like pretty happy but like as far as the i don't know envision it's not about like getting big or being huge it's just about doing doing it you know and being able to do it comfortably would be really nice yeah yeah. yeah, and just to be able to help more homies out too in the process, and like actually bring people along for trips, and mm -hmm. like, and then for the premiere side, just being able to inspire more people, you know, is what our goals are. Not just uh, if that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And Graham, are you on the same page with that, or you, do you think about things differently? No, that's that's pretty accurate. I mean my girl and I currently live in our cab over camper and have for the past four years straight. So Grinding. we're definitely excited for the thought of like living, you know, plumbing, plumbing's dope. It's not <laughs> underrated. So little things like that. And just like Mason said, starting at ground zero every year, it, it, it becomes pretty cumbersome 
after a while and then you throw an injury into the mix like I'm still paying off injuries from when I was like 19 years old and not to make a sob story like that's I know there's thousands arguably millions of kids like in way worse stances than I'm in but it does like just show it's like man real life does kind of come knocking and sustainability sounds pretty appetizing after a while so i think they i think they nailed it do you guys do you guys make and sell merch like are you doing anything to generate a little bit of money yeah like i, I see you got, you got the sweatshirts you get, i don't know if you got some stuff like stacked up behind you but are you a little bit yeah are you guys like uh, making money off of onslaught like the name in any way or is that just merch for for fun uh we keep so it's it's just the oath fund we have a, a separate account it's all just for OS and it all stays in OS. So none of us take any money out of it. And it really like, it's, it's grown a little bit, but we made some initial investments. Um, so, I mean, we started that out of pocket too, but yeah, it's, it's there to, you know, hopefully our dream is that we would sell enough stuff to where that could help us travel, but we haven't gotten there yet. Um, it's kind of all, it's been sustaining itself and, and growing. Like we haven't been, we're not like in debt, like a big company. Like we're not, you know, making huge investments like that. So it's cool. It's just an organic thing. And, you know, just kind of, it's there for people that really want to support us. Like then you can buy a hoodie and support us, you know, and our hopefully maybe one that day we, we could be able to live off that, but like, yeah, and, and that's all us doing that too. It's not like we're an actual clothing company. Like, and and we don't want to be, like, that's not who we are. Like, we are not a clothing company. Like, we are skiers and at writers that love writing. And the clothing is there if you want to support us. It's not like we're trying to be a clothing company. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What was the tour circuit like this year? Was this the first year you guys have done premieres or, or are you done it in the past? No, we've definitely done it in the past. Um, COVID year, last year, last fall, um, we just did one big drive-in movie premiere um, instead of the tour. We weren't able to travel as much, but even a couple of years before that, we, we've been trying to hit the road and in the fall and take the movie around go see homies that we filmed the movie with and like bring them to the show and and like a lot yeah. of our first tours like it's kind of how it started was just going like to the homies towns you know like you mm -hmm. put in all this work like let's and you have a venue so people want to see it so let's have a party and then go watch it you know mm -hmm. and then other people started being like hey will you have a showing here and we're like yeah sure you know and I think we got up to like 15 states two years ago before COVID and definitely I have three up in Canada too and then this year I think we hit five or six states and then there's a few states that had a couple different showings as well and then there's like a film festival in Russia that played it as well too so yeah kind of the snowball effect with that I guess would be a good answer it's not like we're really trying to get it everywhere but it'd be cool um I think Dan played it on the East Coast when they did their Blue Collar Film Festival. Uh, didn't get in the one they did this year, but yeah, you know, if you got if anyone out there wants to see it, you know, hold the show, you know, hit us up. We're just it's there to stoke people out and 
get people hyped for the season. So we like sharing the stoke. And and getting on the the uh, the level one card. What was that? Did they reach out to you? You guys reach out to them? Because I mean that must have been a pretty cool uh, pretty cool way to st- like start off the premiere season. Definitely, yeah. Major thanks to Level One for that. Um, I guess it kind of came through Super Unknown. Uh, Juice got in last year, wasn't able to compete because of COVID. I did it this year. Um, and then also Connor Sucks uh, was their intern and we he helped us. We ran into him two years ago and uh, hit a spot or a couple spots with him. And then he was like, holy shit, who are these guys? And we were like, damn, this dude's cool. And then, yeah, all that happened. Um, but it's definitely not all up to him. So, I mean, you know, I guess destiny would be the best answer there. <laughs> yeah. And so did you guys go to all the premieres? Like, Graham, were you in the mix with that? Because I know uh, it was kind of spread out. It was. It seemed like it, like, deviated more towards, like, your guys' neck of the woods up, like, like the Idaho, Montana, kind of, like, northern Utah type gig so uh yeah like Graham you could probably take that one first what was the tour circuit like for you did you make it make it out to some of them no only the local one only the one here in Truckee I've just been slammed with summer work I uh I shift gears pretty abruptly once it's summertime I kind of just live under a rock and climb in a machine and do my thing you look tired man you look tired (laughs) yeah yeah so, uh, yeah, so just, I mean, just sticking with that point, when's freedom for you? When do you uh, start just getting straight into ski mode? Uh, coming here soon. I'm getting ready to, like, shift into coaching. That's, like, my main my main work gig during the winter to keep me on skis as I coach for what used to be squaw free. Now it's Olympic Valley free. Um, and, yeah, they keep me rolling with that and then just travel as much as I can. And you two up there, so – what was it like? Did you guys make it out to all the, uh, all the stops? Uh, yeah. Mace, Mace was the only one who went out to the, to the level one Denver show, which would have been tight. I, I didn't make it to that one, but other than that, Mace and I went to the rest of them. Yeah. We, we whipped the OS van around. There was a few we didn't go to. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was like the third party ones. Yeah. That like people okay, hit yeah. us up to play the movie, you know, mm-hmm. at their preseason event or whatever. But like the OS premiere tour that we were like put out and like let people know what stops we were going to. We went to to all five of those. Mm-hmm. Word. And what was the response like? I mean, from like just homies, people on new schoolers, you know, what was the reception like to the to the movie? It felt pretty good. Yeah. Um I mean, no super negative feedback straight to our faces, at least, you know, I'm sure there's some of that out there and feel free to let us know. But uh, yeah, I mean, everyone that was there was stoked, obviously, like super hype. The Montana show was awesome. Boise, of course, the hometown crowd freaking mm-hmm. loved it. It was pouring rain outside and people stood in it and watched the movie. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Like in the past, we went up to Seattle and tried to do one and like four people showed up and it was pretty rough, but we haven't done that since. And uh, just kind of learning, you know, where, I mean, you got to go like there, there's not a ski community in Seattle, you know, so like, obviously, like, that's not we learned from that one. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, I mean, there is, but, you know, we're just, we're not huge, you know, we're just, you know, doing our thing and tried it and learned, but yeah, overall, I love it. I love sharing the Stoke. It's so cool. Like I was kind of talking about some of the little kids and the, that have come to our rail jam or big air event in the past. And same thing with the premieres, like we've done it down in Tahoe for like three or four years running now. And there's been some repeat homies coming through and, and I guess you could say that for just about everywhere. I've done it in Montana for a few years now too, but yeah, definitely would be cool to keep doing it in more new places, you know, and Colorado is sick. It's cool. The level one premiere is really cool to see it with all the other movies that came out this year too because a lot of those homies were there as well and it's just interesting to see them all stacked up next to each other too but yeah just mad love for people that love skiing you know the ski community is sick the fact that people show up and support us you know because it's not about us it's about skiing and so the fact that people show up and support skiing it's just cool to go somewhere and be like oh damn like this many people actually like skiing you know because like sometimes it's hard to see it but when it's there in front of you you're like this is so cool you know all these people all super passionate rad people hanging out is just a great time yeah to have to have the power to to be involved in something that that brings people together at the end of the day is it's pretty special and like premiere tour is just like the reward of all winter long grinding all summer long editing and then it's like those two months are just like chilling and traveling hanging out with the homies in different states and bringing the ski community together all over the place it's also a lot of work like we spent every weekend in a different state last month like we spent a lot of our own money on gas to get there and like you know our whole event set up and packing all this gear around and getting all this shit ordered to make it happen and posters and stickers and you know it's it's a lot of work but it's so worth it at the end of the day when you see people stoked so uh looking towards the future like i'll, I'll ask you graham because it seems like uh like your location's kind of prohibiting some of the some of the the fruits of your labor from being enjoyed like is it starting to wear thin or you still got all the energy to keep keep on the grind and like keep keep putting it out for like one or two months of celebration every year no i'm not i don't really feel like i don't feel burnt out by any means and i love where i live i live in a great spot and have great year-round opportunity which is why i'm here um so no i don't really feel burnt it's uh you know the question asked it's like do you wish you know do you have aspirations for like progression and things to be a little bit different in the future absolutely but not to the point where i'm like unsatisfied with my current reality to where i need to change it i'm i'm feeling content and want to just kind of keep on keeping on and keep trying to do it better that's my current goal it's pretty much aligned with those boys which is probably why we keep hanging out every year (laughs) yeah no it's a good mindset i was just wondering because it seems like uh I don't know, from my perspective, it seems like the tour season would be the best season because, you know, you're not busting your ass and you're mainly spending t- spending time partying. But, uh, I mean, Tahoe's a, Tahoe's a pretty nice place. You probably can't complain living down there. Yeah, I'm just I'm just got a lot of financial goals as well, too. Like, you know, down the road, I'm, I'm going to want to, like I said, be in a house. You know, my girl and I, we don't want to live mobily forever. It's great to us. It's We like it way more than paying rent for sure and 
when traveling is copacetic it's it's awesome being able to just turn the key and drive your house wherever you want to go but uh yeah i got i got other aspirations outside of skiing too though so i have like financial obligations so i i shift gears pretty tough i go from full-blown work guy to full-blown ski bum kind of depending on what the weather's doing thing about premieres it's it does drain us like it's right before ski season we make all these trips but it's worth it to see that stoke of people and share it all yeah. that and so do you guys own the van that you do uh that you conduct all your business out of like who who's what's the ownership structure for that like cause that thing is uh i mean that thing's like a character for the crew basically it's super it's pretty uh pretty iconic yeah thanks yeah. <laughs> um, yeah that's our mason and i's baby our names are both on the title of that thing mm -hmm. luckily i have a cool brother that's into the same stuff i am so we get yeah, to help each other out a little bit we're super fortunate for that yeah fully half and half van i got the right side he's got the left side <laughs> <laughs> you guys just can't get a divorce that'll get ugly yeah yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the rigs rig we it's not our first rig we've had other rigs before for sure and so has graham but i feel like the rig is pretty essential unless you're getting enough money to get hotels or b&b's somehow but like yeah before that we've had i started out just traveling and like sleeping in my truck you know i was like after a while i was like okay we gotta make a change here got a camper on that and just like graham's got too now and once Juice was ready to start traveling full-time, graduated, we had an RV for a year. A shitty RV. Fucking broke down everywhere we went. And then after that, yeah, we decided to sell that and ended up. We blew the transmission on that. Yeah. And then we went into some minivan that we got from our stepmom's old food business that had cages in the back windows it used to be some mail van so it had security cages and we just looked super sus rolling around in it we like yeah then we did that sold that rv and then we got our the current van os rig 3.0 and then the motor blew on that last season our first year owning it too so really that was when juice was skiing last season or I guess two years ago now when I was out and then so yeah we had to juice used it for like a month or two and then the motor blew so that was fucked and yeah I was back in the truck for the seasons crashing on homies couches and then the following summer we saved up money we spent just as much on the new motor as we spent on the van originally and then we like assembled a squad of homies in Boise and put the new motor in at our friend's house and brought the van back to life but yeah to answer your question yes the van is quite the character <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i mean that was uh i kind of poached that from the viewer question so i don't have really anything else from you guys for you guys uh well so we'll round it out we're already at like an hour and change uh is there anything that you want to leave us off with hopes dreams message for the future message for the past anything you want to leave off on pretty much for our future it's looking like we just want to keep doing what we've been doing um we're definitely going to make some tweaks in the upcoming season uh going from onslaught to os just because we've been os the whole time we've had a, a couple other 
uh, iterations of OS, but I uh, would, we're just going to simplify things, make it really about the skiing and about the love and less about a brand because that's not what we're about. We are about the skiing and the love. Just want to support this incredible community that's supported us through the years and uh, definitely keep an eye out because we will still be doing this and hopefully better than ever. So check it out. Facebook, YouTube, or Google it. OS crew will be coming at you and we don't plan on stopping anytime soon. Also, if you want to be a part of it, like hit us up, you know, like we, we're looking, we could use a good filmer. We could use, you know, uh, more good riders. If anybody is out there that, you know, wants to be a part of it or, you know, we're, we're here to support, we're here to help and we're here for the love. So I guess that's a, we'll see what happens after that. Dude, shout out to you for sure. This is yeah, sick what you got going on. I appreciate you having us. For real. It's fun to just talk about shit sometimes and appreciate you getting it out to the people and being stoked enough on it to have the conversation. Definitely. Dude, my pleasure, guys. Graham, I mean it was it was a surprise having you on, but it was a it was a pleasure to have you. You got anything to leave everybody off with? Not really. Thanks for having me for my first ever Zoom meeting. This is this was a groundbreaking <laughs> evening for me. I've never done this, so yeah, it's a uh, it's a big moment for this guy. <laughs> Thank you for coming on, and uh, everyone check out Fuel if you get a chance.